G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au It was the biggest kick in the gut for me spiritually. I tried prayer and fasting and, you know, like I just, I believed that the marriage would come good, that we would have a story to tell, but it didn't happen. I ended up in the psychiatric hospital and I was very, very sick for a very long time. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith. Well, today we have part three of our conversation with children's music entertainer Jenny Flack, who's been sharing her life journey with us over the past couple of programs and how she became a pioneer in Australia's Christian music scene starting in the 1980s. As we heard previously, she made albums and performed her music all over Australia. Then, in the 1990s, her family moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where she worked with the children's ministry of a large church. Unfortunately, she then begins to go through a very dark period in her life with the breakup of her marriage. It leaves her reeling and spiraling out of control. Once again, today, Jenny Flack will share her story with us. Lord, please let me touch the hem of your garment I'd be happy just to stand in your shadow Oh Lord, let my fingers and yours please entwine For I need to know you are there I mean, it had to be devastating after 30 years of marriage Your marriage ended and you're on your own you must have been yeah. reeling at that point. It was the biggest kick in the gut for me spiritually. Mm. I didn't lose my faith entirely. Um, I mean, the creation that there is all around us trumpets the reality of a creator. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he had just dropped me down the bottom of a, a mine pit and left me there Mm. I tried so much you know prayer and fasting and you know like I just I believed that the marriage would come good that we would have a story to tell that we'd be stronger than ever but it didn't happen Mm. I ended up in a psychiatric hospital Mm -hmm. and I was very very sick for a very long time Um, I developed what's known as post-traumatic stress disorder Mm -hmm. and I started substance abusing and self-harm and uh, the scars that I wear on my body at the moment, you know, they are a constant reminder of that terrible dark place Mm. that I 
I, I fell into. But that poem, you know, called Footsteps, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And the one where, you know, she is walking along the beach and and complains to God, how is it that, you know, you walked with me all through my life and then the, the time when it was the absolute worst time, I was walking alone. And God said to her, no, that was when I carried you. And I remember, you know, that means a lot to me, that particular poem, because I was carried um, my life was spared mm. many times. People found me. I was literally picked up out of the gutter mm. on the road at one point. That's how bad it, it got. And, you know, Jenny Flack, you know, mm. this, this awesome, supposedly, you know, music minister and you know yeah you're supposed to have it all together absolutely supposed to have it all together and i didn't have it all together but Mm. the one who did have it all together was the one who was carrying me Mm. very very gradually i began to realize that there was an umbilical attached to me and that other end of it was attached to the Lord mm. and God had me and he wasn't going to let me go. He let mm. me drift for a while, but then he started to pull the umbilical in and the people that came into my life and ministered to me and, you know, there was one time when I had uh, hurt myself so badly and there used to be a a hospital down on Phillip Island. There isn't one now, but there used to be. And mm-hmm. I ended up in that hospital so many times, and the nurses there were almost taking bets on when I would die hmm. because I hurt myself so badly. But this one occasion, I was bleeding out, and a girlfriend of mine was driving home from the shop. And she said the voice came into her head and said, Jenny needs you. Go to see Jenny. And she said, I kept on driving thinking, oh, don't be stupid, you know, go home, put your shopping away. But the voice kept on Hmm. and on and on. And she turned the car around and she came back and she found me and called an ambulance and I went to, to the hospital. And she said she would never ignore a voice like that again Mm. because she knew that it was the Lord himself that was, you know, taking care of me Mm. when I couldn't do it for myself. What do you think was the cause of setting you in this downward spiral? I mean, a lot of people get divorced, but obviously this had a devastating effect on you. Why do you think it was such a, a strong, devastating effect? I thought that I had experienced just about every emotion possible, you know. Yeah. I'd experienced anger and grief and happiness, surprise, but never betrayal. Mm. I'd never experienced that. And it was the most agonizing pain I have ever had. Mm. And it broke me. Mm. And that was when 
all of the damage started and I began to not think rationally. Mm. And um, I just, I didn't know how to, I wanted to get away. I, um, I went back to the hotel and I drank the, 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 the complimentary, you know, champagne mm. and overdosed on anxiety tablets that I'd been taking, you know, when he left me the first time. Mm. And uh, my son rang me and I, I had no intention of, of trying to kill myself. All I was trying to do was stop the pain. Mm. I'd never yeah. felt pain like that. Yeah. All of my babies and things and things. <laughs> The agony you go through having a baby. I would, I would have rather had a hundred babies than experience this pain huh. that was yeah. just so bad. Our guest today once again is Jenny Flack, who's sharing her life journey with us. And sadly, as we just heard, she reached a low point after the breakup of her marriage that sent her life spiraling out of control and into a psychiatric hospital. We'll hear how she eventually begins to go down the road to recovery when we return. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au You're listening to Real Faith. Conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. And you can listen to past programs about the impact faith has had on others. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo. And today, once again, we're chatting with children's music entertainer, Jenny Flack, who's been sharing her life journey with us over the past couple of programs. She was a pioneer in Australia's Christian music scene in the 1980s and went on to write and perform her music before audiences all over the world. But, as we heard just before the break, she went missing from the music scene after the breakup of her marriage, which had sent her life spiraling out of control. Now we're going to hear how Jenny finally goes down the road to recovery. What helped you finally turn the corner and come back to mental health and a vibrant, strong relationship with the Lord? I read a book. I read a number of books, actually. Um, When I told you that I felt this umbilical, I felt that, you know, God was, he was there. I knew that he was there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted the relationship that I once had. And I decided to read books that were written by atheists. Books, the I'm talking about atheists who had found faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wasn't interested in reading books written by, like someone like myself who had become a Christian when at the age of four and had been brought up, you know, in mm-hmm. a Christian. Yeah family, etc. No, I wasn't interested in those books. I wanted to read why had these atheists found faith. Mm-hmm. And I read a number of those books and there was one book in particular that sort of really, well, there's a, there was a number of them, but one in particular I liked so much that I bought 
heaps of them and started giving them away to people. Read this book, read this book. It was called Religion is for Fools by Bill Medley. Mm. It's a small book, very easy read, but he was an atheist. He went to university and decided that he was going to study the five basic religions of the world, like that being Buddhism, Hinduism, Mm-hmm. Um, Christianity, and he did, and he studied them all, and he was going to prove from his studies that all of them were like a load of, you know, junk. But when he started to study Christianity, he found it more and more difficult to write it off. Christianity is the only religion where the head of Christianity claims to be, the head of the religion claims to be God, mm-hmm. and it being Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even Muhammad claims to be God. Yeah. So from then on, he started to uh, investigate, read, you know, back in, into the historical writers of the, t- of the day, um, and eventually, you know, he... he came to that place where he was literally on his knees saying, my Lord and my God. Mm. And this this ministered to you. so well written, Mm. Eric, and it's so easy to read that I started reading other books and, you know, and talking to other people. And as I say, I bought a whole bunch of these books and I still buy them. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and give them to people who are interested to know. You want to know? Read this book mm. because it covers every question you you could think of. Yeah. So reading these books was probably one of the most powerful things, I think, that in, in you know, my, my mental health, I, I, I still struggle with my mental health. I will have post-traumatic stress disorder for the rest of my life, I have been told. However, Mm. having said that, uh, PTSD is something that can be uh, controlled and managed. Mm -hmm. It can be managed. And um, I had many years of of counselling and a lot of people were praying for me. But then I found the Melbourne Clinic and since I, I am still having treatment from the Melbourne Clinic mm-hmm. and it's probably the best mental health hospital in this country. Mm-hmm. Climbing that mountain to stand on solid ground again mm-hmm. became faster once I became involved with the treatment at Melbourne Clinic. Mm-hmm. You actually go in there and you stay there. Mm-hmm for weeks at a time. Let me touch the hem of your garment I'd be happy just to stand in your shadow Oh Lord, let my fingers and yours please entwine For I need to know you are there And so for people who don't know anything about this they just saw that all of a sudden you were missing from the music scene and you're singing. Exactly. And they didn't know why. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't want to tell them, mm. you know, certainly not publicly. But 
I am at the moment writing uh, a book about my life, about my ministry Mm -hmm. and my life. It's got, um, you know, funny things in it as well as, you know, sad things. So we just kind of got a preview today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you did. (laughs) So you're in a much better place these days. Yes. I'm in a much better place now, and uh, as I say, I am writing a book. I've entitled it From the Pit to the Palace, hmm. and uh, it's going to you know, tell the story of, uh, of, of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so God yeah. rescued you out of a deep, deep pit, is basically what you're saying. He absolutely, totally did. He saved my life. I could have died. Mm, yeah. You know, but I didn't. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. But you, at one point, obviously, were going through trust issues. You're having trust issues and said that you would never marry again. Yeah. But what happened? (laughs) I lived next door to a girl who was friends with someone who lived in Mansfield. And her girlfriend uh, was dying of cancer. And... She wanted to visit my friend before she died. Mm -hmm. So she and her husband moved to Phillip Island and they stayed there for two years before she actually passed away. And I met her husband as a result of her illness. Mm -hmm. When she finally did pass away, my girlfriend, who had been, you know, really good friends with her, rang me up one day because she was living in a flat next door to where Graham and Christine were living. And she rang me and said, look, I'm really worried about Graham. You know, he's losing weight. He's very, very depressed, blah, 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 blah. And Mm. I said, well, okay, let's see what we can do. I'll ring the guys from church and because they were Christian people. Mm -hmm. Rang the guys from church and I said, look, make a roast. And, and invite him over and we'll, we'll have a games night. So we did that and then he invited us and then I invited them. And then one day I invited him to join our dog club because he had a dog. And and then I invited him to join the choir because we were running a choir at the, at the church. And then I wanted to go and see the Watoto Children's Choir, which mm-hmm. was about an hour's drive. My girlfriend didn't want to come with me. She didn't like that kind of music. She asked him. Uh, she said, ask him. He likes music. So I said, look, would you mind driving with me to this thing? Oh, no worries, he said. That's fine, he would. Anyway, he dropped me off, and the last thing he said before he drove off was, I was just wondering whether by any chance you might consider down the track a bit that we could become more than just friends. Hmm. and, oh, my heart just went into my boots because that that was the last thing that I was interested in. People used to say to me, Jenny, you're young enough, you know, to find another. There's a lot of nice men out there. Hmm. I said, yeah, I married one of them, and look what he did to me. Hmm. They said, yeah, but there are other guys out. I said, I don't care. If God wants me to remarry, he will lower the man on a white sheet like Peter. (laughs) (laughs) So... Anyway, to cut a long story short, I did start to go out with him, although I told him that I would never marry him, but, you know, but we would just be friends. And one day he gave me a journal. He said, I'd like you to, would you like to read this journal? It was written by Christine three months before she passed away. And I read Christine's journal 
and it was like, honestly, Eric, it was like she was speaking to me from the grave. Mm. She was describing her husband in every detail from, you know, from a, a friend, a lover, carer, uh, you name it, you know, mm-hmm. a spiritual advisor, everything. And it was like she was saying, you will never have to fear this man. He will never, ever hurt you. And from the day that I read that journal, all of my fear fell away. And mm. we were married four months later. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we've been married for 10 years. And we are yet to have an argument. Oh, wow. And you're back doing music? Music for children? Uh, yes, I do, but not as much. I've written a lot, a lot of material. I've written enough, probably enough music to, to do another two albums. But um, the music now is available more on stre- like streaming it, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon and that, you know. Yeah. But so, you're creating music, and from time to time, you are performing and singing again. Yes. Yes. The joy has returned to your life. Yes, and I am very happy. I'm happier than I've ever been. Fantastic. And that, that's the truth. <laughs> Jenny Flack, thank you so much for sharing the ups and downs of your incredible journey. <laughs> it has been my very great pleasure, Eric. Child, go and stand in the rain. Feel my tears on your face. Feel my of my love in the earth after rain open your eyes open your eyes I painted a sunset for you last night you didn't see it you didn't see I sent a songbird to sing you a song but you didn't hear that either I shouted to you Try to get your attention in that great big stone. I spared no expense, I pulled out all of the stops. I even lit up the sky. But you were so busy, so preoccupied, you weren't even aware that I've been there. That's the song I've Been Here All the Time by children's music entertainer Jenny Flack. 
who says that she wrote that song when she was at her lowest point in her life after the breakup of her marriage. The song reflects her longing for the Lord to be close to her while she's going through the storms of life. And the good news is that her faith has been renewed and that it's now stronger than ever before. And that her music lives on as her legacy for future generations of children to hear. It continues to be available at Christian bookstores and online as well. Just do a search for Jenny Flack Music. Well, thanks so much for joining us for the conclusion of Jenny Flack sharing her story. Until next time, I'm Eric Scadabo saying so long and God bless. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next time for more conversations about God working in the lives of people who put their faith and trust in Him. That's real people, real life, and real faith. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.